Threads of Enlightenment. As usual, I like to stop right here and take the time to welcome our guests, but I want to thank them for a couple of things that I deem very expensive in my life. And I know for a fact that those that are awake and are on the journey, that perpetual journey that we are all on, uh, time becomes valuable to them as well. And I want to thank Kevin for coming and share some of that time because time is a beautiful commodity that a lot of people don't understand the value of it. The other is their journey. Their journey housed who they were, but it made them who they are today. And so I want to thank them for coming and sharing some of that powerful journey and the insights that they gained within that journey that made them who they are. Kevin, thank you for coming to Threads of Enlightenment. Thank you for having me. Excellent. Tell the people about everything that you have des designed. I know uh, you have a lot. <laughs> so <laughs> tell them about, um, you know, the main things that you have gained uh, from your journey. And then what we're going to do, as we do here, the people know, we'll go back and deconstruct that and delve into it and pull more insight out of you from, um, from our conversation. So tell them the things that you have created so far, because I tell them, Kevin, all of us are creators. Okay. Well, I started out the, this, this chunk of my journey um, as a professional astrologer. Um, I have been mm -hmm. teaching and counseling as an astrologer since, I don't know, 1998. I've been teaching since 2000. I've written a bunch of astrology textbooks. I have uh, an online academy where where I've been teaching and training astrologers. Uh, I think I, I launched my online courses in 2012. Uh, oh. And I have been on this journey to get astrology to do what it was supposed to do, because it always made all mm -hmm. these great promises for me and it never quite had the answers. <laughs> and I'm very, I apply a lot of critical thinking. I understand how people yeah. learn. So I developed all of these courses over so many years. I mean, people study astrology for 30 years and they can't interpret a chart. Nothing yeah. takes 30 years to learn. So the problem <laughs> isn't with astrology. The problem was with how people were studying it, how they were learning it. And yeah. so I did that for many, many years. Um, would periodically come up with an idea, build classes around the development of training programs, and then realize, yeah, this train doesn't go to the station I think it goes to. <laughs> and so I'd trash the whole curriculum and say, new thing. Yeah. So about two years ago, as usual in the middle of a training program, I realized, yeah, this is not going to continue the way that I thought it was going to continue because I've got these new ideas yeah. coming up and I have a lot more excitement about these than, than what we're doing. And God bless my students. They were like, okay, great. We'll just follow you. <laughs> we'll just go wherever you, <laughs> wherever you want us to go with that. Um, and what that turned out to be was something that I started calling the human game. Mm -hmm. And it took about a year of figuring out, I mean, literally pulling on the thread is I've got something, I don't know what this is, but I'm going to follow this. Yeah. Um, before I realized what it was, because I was looking at what it could do. It was, oh, this is a great mm -hmm. way of coaching. And it's a really empowering way of working with astrology. And it's a lot of fun. And yes, it's a game and all of this stuff. And then I finally realized, oh, 
It's a philosophy. <laughs> I'm a philosopher. <laughs> I and but but that but that described it because this framework of the human game is yeah. so big and it creates a framework that connects and organizes all of these disparate things that I have studied and explored and worked with for like 30 years of, of a spiritual journey. And they mm -hmm. all, and they're all organized within this frame. It's like, Ooh, I see how, now I see how I can put consciousness in with the astrology and have it make sense. And, and yeah. So the human game is a philosophy based on the idea mm -hmm. that the universe is made up of stories. Mm -hmm. If everything is story, when you understand story, you can understand anything. Mm -hmm. This is not a radically new idea. There are Facebook memes of, ooh, the universe is made up of atoms. The universe is made up of stories. Great idea. I've actually taken it and said, okay, what does that mean? Yeah. What makes up a story? How does story work mm -hmm. in the human game? And I emphasize, I call it the human game because, you know, human and also it's a game. The whole point is to have fun. Yeah. Um, it's a way, it's a philosophy. It is a way of engaging with your life. It's a way of looking at things and going, oh, I see the story. So your story mm -hmm. of your life is a story. You are the main character of the story of your life. Yeah. And with the human game, you can, you know, from within the story, you can improve the story because the only, there's one law, there's a bunch of rules of story, but there's one law of the human yeah. game and that's the best story wins. Yeah. So as long as you can improve your story, make your story better, that's going to become your reality. Mm -hmm. I have been playing the human game pretty much nonstop for the last two years. Yeah. In the last two years, I have had more fun than I had in the 53 previous years of my life put together. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is just what this can do. And, and, you know, I've been, you know, I'm easily amused, but it's yeah. taken me two years to get this to the point where I could finally, you know, ironically tell the right series of stories so that this makes sense to other people. So other people can not only go, wow, he looks like he's having a lot of fun or that's an interesting idea and take the step into, yeah. Ooh, I see how this works for me. Oh yeah. I can find happiness in my life with this. Oh, this yeah. is fun. This is a new way of looking at things in my life. Uh, yeah. And so what I have finally available now, um, mm. I have uh, the ability to work with me one-on-one -on -one in a coaching program where I will coach you through playing the human game and basically uh, help you to build a happiness GPS based on yeah. your birth chart going to give you turn-by-turn -turn directions to the best possible outcome in any situation. Um, I have a free series of classes just giving you an introduction about the human game. And if you're actually interested in astrology, not 
not what you think astrology is, not sun signs and things, but just hmm, kind of interested in what astrology might be and don't really want to learn that much, but I'd like to know how to play with it. I have yeah. a class open to anyone called Astrology in the Human Game Foundations of Happiness. And this will teach you the little bit of astrology that you would need to know to be able to understand how you build astrology stories and how those astrology stories, you can apply them in your life because your birth chart, the, the thing that I love about astrology is that when you understand some of the principles of astrology, you are never going to be faced with a blank page when you're writing the story of your life. You have got this toolkit of all of these story tropes, all of these possibilities that you can just go, oh yeah, I'm going to activate that. I'm going to pull that into this and you're off to the races. Uh, so in a nutshell, those are the things that are, that are kind of available now. And I'm sure we'll circle back around and there'll be questions and, and more things about. Excellent. Yeah, about definitely. That. We're going to go into the nuts and bolts of some of those uh, things that oh, you I should I should I should put out the, the URLs. Um, so uh, no, I'll 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 make sure they have all of that stuff. Okay, I'm awesome. going to make sure that everyone has access to everything you have. We are going to find it all. And if you awesome. um, thank you, if you want to, Kevin, just send me your stuff. But we usually find it. They hunt for it, man. So it's good. <laughs> it gets to be a lot of fun. So uh, talk to us. I always tell people when we come and we enter into this plane that uh, when we acquire our human body and we land, uh, the first unit by which we then begin our existence is called the family on this, on this earth. I call it a lab. It is the place by which we have these scientists that are called parents that are now going to begin to um, uh, exercise and, and practice their theory within our life and their thesis is how they, they uh, want to live here. So talk mm -hmm. to us about that. How was that existence and that learning place right there? Um, with dealing with your family, if you have any siblings, what was your life like, Kevin? Um, in, in the context of how did, how did those people turn me into me? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, I... Uh, had a, a a a nice upbringing. I mean, it, it's um, I I you know I didn't grow up knowing anything different. When yeah. I got to college and met other people, I sort of realized, oh yeah, my family was not was was kind of remarkably not dysfunctional to the degree that, yeah. you know, I had issues, but, you know, no, we had, we had, uh, you know, I, I like my family. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, you know, a lot of laughter. My father, you know, my, my yeah. father definitely influenced my, my sense of humor um, yeah. quite a lot. And we had a, a close family, but, you know, but, but also, um, you know, I didn't, they didn't, you know, they were very supportive of me. They didn't entirely know what to do with me. Yeah. Um, and let me throw some human game context on, yeah. on yeah. this. Um, basic, basic information about story. Um, mm -hmm. 
every story, you know, story is smallest unit of reality. Every story operates on three different levels. Each level of story is its own story. So the plot level is the title of the plot level story is just the facts, ma'am. It's the yeah. objective sequence of events. It's just what happened. This is where most of us sort of operate with our lives. We, we pay attention to the plot level, the sequence of what we think happens. The character level story is what happened to you. Uh, so the mm -hmm. title of the character level story is what's in it for moi. And there's a little Miss Piggy in that meme. Yeah. Um, and so the character level story is how those external events affected you. How do you feel about those external events? Totally different story than what happened. And then the theme level story is the big universal archetypal spiritual capital T truth. It's entirely yeah. symbolic. Title of the theme level story is the Da Vinci Code. It's entirely symbolic. You make it all up because it's not technically real, but that's also where we find the deeper experience of meaning. Yeah. Um, so it's, you know, so, so you get to, you know, and, and this is one of the things like, oh, now I understand some of the struggles that I've had because so much of, so much of spirituality, so much of spiritual teachings originates at that theme level mm -hmm. and in its own little box it makes sense it sounds wonderful but the theme level is two steps away from the plot level where you live and it doesn't directly translate there yeah and so yeah. that bridge between what do i have this understanding of this spiritual truth and it's this wonderful ideal and how do i connect that to my day-to-day -day plot level story and the human game kind of gives a framework to to make sense of that because yeah there is a gap and you and you're missing a step to to be able to make that connection and then every story is divided into three acts yeah and so act one is sort of the setup mm -hmm. um and then act two is where all of the action happens and the next three is the climax and the resolution so when you're talking about families you're talking about the origin story you're talking about act one you're talking yeah. about the things that have to happen the things you know and and so in act one of the story you your character do not want to change you just you know you're you're trapped by a lie that's act mm -hmm. one of the theme level story is some lie that you believe about your reality, but you just want to get along. You, you really don't want to mess with, you just want to keep your head down and, and put up with stuff as long as you possibly can. And then there's a breaking point. Something gets to the point where you realize, no, cannot put up with this anymore. I have yeah. to, I have to confront the lie. I have to leave my comfortable, normal world. I have to go out into the unknown, into the act two adventure world. Um, and that's where everything changes. Um, so what were some of those lies, Kevin, that uh, in act one 
that governed the scenes that affected the character? What were some of those oh. um, lines that were uh, part of the play from that point of view? And what happened to that character development based on that? I know you said that your family didn't know what to, how to deal with you. What was those lies doing to you? Well, wow. Okay, give me give me a minute. <laughs> uh, you're asking me to put together my theme level story. I haven't actually written that out yeah. in a way. Um, yeah. One of the things, and, and again, let me also let me also be clear in terms in terms of how these stories unfold like hands of the clock plot level stories, the second hand yeah. character level stories, the minute hand theme level stories, the hour hand, these theme level lessons often take more than one lifetime yes. to resolve. To manage, um, yeah. mm -hmm. One of the big theme level lessons that I am engaging with that that is a you know ongoing theme in my story has you know it, you know ultimately it's about love ultimately mm -hmm. it's about connecting to other people yeah and growing up the lie that i experienced the you know my my origin story had me feeling very isolated um, mm -hmm. and and very separate and not having a lot of close relationships and not having a lot of close friendships um, and that's an ongoing thing um, and it's it's ironic um, I suppose because I'm looking you know looking at broader things in terms of you know where I am with my story and the goals that I now have and the new stuff I'm doing with the human games like okay great now I've launched this now I have you know now I'm working on this next phase with the goals and the coaching and what do I need to do with this and I'm looking at all of the stuff and I'm going oh yeah I got to deal with other people <laughs> <laughs> I can't achieve any of the goals that I want to achieve without actually deepening relationship and deepening connection to other people and relying on other people, which is the thing I really, I have built my entire life to be so self-sufficient. So I don't need to do that. And it has yeah. been great gifts out of that. And I'm realizing, Oh yeah, mm -hmm. I'm now at the point of the story where that doesn't work anymore. <laughs> yeah. It always serves us to a point, Kevin. Yeah. That's why I ask these questions. And yeah. so, um, but it does. The... But here's but here's the thing. Mm -hmm. It serves. So so one of the other things that I love about the human game, when we look at the story and think that we're that 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 it's only our perspective of things that yeah. I'm only the character in the story, it's easy to judge. Oh, I had these horrible things happen. I had such a terrible life. Okay, well, you know, that was that was lousy for your character. But you know something? You're not just your character in your story. You're you're the main character in your story. You're also the audience of your story. And you're the author of your story. Yeah. And just because the story wasn't pleasant to experience as your character doesn't mean it's a bad story. The part of you that's watching yeah. it, the audience is going, ooh, I wonder what's going to happen next. 
and having that perspective, realizing, yes, your story can suck for your character doesn't mean it's a bad story. And there are things you can do to make it a better story and more pleasant for your character. Yeah. But one of the rules of story is what I call the rule of compensation. Mm-hmm. And the rule of compensation is that every gift has a price and every price has a gift. Mm-hmm. Nothing is taken away from you without something of equal or greater value being given to you in return. You don't necessarily automatically see what that is. Sometimes you have to go up to the counter and demand your gift, but it's there. Yeah. And whatever trauma, whatever challenging, uncomfortable experiences you had in your origin story, yeah, you can focus on that. That's the price. You're done paying that price. What's the gift that you got from that? Because there's a gift waiting for you. You have to claim it. And that seems to take some of the sting out of our old stories and our old judgments. It's like, oh, yeah, no, you paid a heck of a price. Let's figure out what the gift is for that because it's there. Yeah. You know, and then you get to go into yeah. the training montage of, ooh, how do I get to use the gift? What is, you know, discovering what it is. You yeah. find your superpower. Because yeah. why not? <laughs> it is the assignment that we have to take. The, the, um, the origin story, uh, the trauma that takes place there, it kind of forms it. It's a double-edged sword, if you will. Mm-hmm. In the first phase, phase of, the, uh, of the act, it controls us and then as the act moves on it comes to a place where that trauma no longer serves us and then that we have an opportunity to begin act two of that trauma and that is of looking at the value of that trauma the purpose of it and once we Mm -hmm. switch that perspective and understand that then we begin to as you said we begin to get the revelation that wait a minute i'm not just um one that is walking in the a character in the play i can and i am the writer of the play i am the director of the play i am all of these the producer of the play and then when you get that revelation is when you then began to change the play as to what you want what outcome do you want to happen from this um once you have that revelation and that's the journey kevin a lot of people don't know that they are the writer. They don't know that they are the director. They don't know these things until, and I call it, they are operating in the play by default. They're just doing it just because they're doing it. But then we when you realize, are. we all are, but when you realize, wait a minute, there's a part that I have to play other than the victim. I can become something else. And you begin to rewrite the script, if you will, as you move forward. So here you are learning all of these things. You're a young man. You have challenged your, your family. You're moving into uh, your college time. And as you begin to expose again to other um, uh, perception, other belief systems that you are looking at as an individual, this character within the global play, but yet 
being affected by all of the origin story and the character development piece. How was your character being developed as you now began to get exposed to all of this additional stories that are presenting in the form of new encounters as you move through your life? Well, I... Uh... Um, I went into, I, I made a decision eighth grade, probably I wanted to be an actor and then that was mm -hmm. it. And I went to college and, and, and fortunately didn't go to just a theater school because there was a part of me that was at least smart enough to go, you don't give up. Don't, don't, don't just go to a theater <laughs> conservatory, actually keep the academics because you know, you know, the part yeah. of me that knows yeah, this is not going to end where you think it's going to end. Um, but I look, you know, but I had decades of theater training, but initially thinking that it was wanting to be an actor, wanting to be a performer because mm -hmm. need the love, need the applause. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. The, the underlying driving thing for that total, I mean, and, and my my character mm. and again i mean this is and, and again this is this is this is another thing i want to clarify there's you know i am not this person but the character i'm playing in this story is the character of kevin b burke the character you're playing in the story of your life is the pic is the person pictured on your driver's license that's not who you mm. are that's your yeah. character but the point of this is for you to give the best possible performance of that character yeah it's not do the bypass and oh no i'm actually an eternal multidimensional being yes you are you're the actor inhabiting the character but you know something nobody wants to see meryl streep nobody yeah. wants to see the actor they want to see meryl streep portray the they want to see her lose herself in the character yeah so my character little too smart for his own good and very, very, very focused. I mean, the, 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 you know, the, the log line of my character, the thing that, that my parents always reinforces it. We knew that whatever you put your mind to, you were going to accomplish. Yeah. And so this is how I pinballed through my life for many, many, many years setting a goal and going, nope, that's it. And just absolute focus on that. And I'm going to make that happen. Mm -hmm. And just, you know, bouncing around and getting, you know, in, in a, you know, eventually getting the sharp edges sort of sanded off. It was not a fun experience for the yeah. character. Amusing in retrospect, great for the audience, but for the character, it kind of yeah. sucked. Um, but that's how I would do things. Oh, I'm going to do this. This is this. This is going to be the answer. That's the thing that's going to make me happy. That's the thing that's going to fix everything and barrel at that until I hit the brick wall and then that would collapse and then go to something else. And, you know, so there, there was a lot of, there was a lot of that and a lot of learning mm. with that. Um, yeah. you mentioned, You mentioned in in our in our I, I think before we actually went on air, but you mentioned talking about how the most important 
objective is service. Mm-hmm. And I remember um, probably what around nineteen ninety five. I just met and started working with one of one of the women who was just a profound spiritual teacher for me. Yeah, but I was a very different person <laughs> at yeah. the time. And I remember her talking about dedicating her life to being of service and the idea of being of service. And I remember just mm-hmm. not getting it. <laughs> I just yeah. was like, I, I don't, I could not see that as anything that would ever be of interest to me yeah. because what about me? Yeah. And I remember, you know, I, you know, that, that's, you know, that's a little snapshot reference memory of that's what my reality was that totally different reality now. Mm -hmm. But, but I, you know, but you mentioned that I was like, yeah, I, I, I was there. (laughs) I remember where it's like, what do you mean giving your life of service? I just, just, no, I want to do things. I want to enjoy myself. (laughs) <laughs> but there's something that is in that space now you see it there is such joy there's such revelation there's such um is it's a totally different space to be in and when you live from there i tell people try to get there as quickly as you can because when you live from there life becomes this most beautiful engaging um exchange with people exchange with nature exchange with everything and it is a beautiful place to live so kevin i have a question to ask you okay all of this is happening in your life and i want to know what was the catalyst because i know there are breadcrumbs that goes along with this but we have a catalyst that will steer us to that destination what steered you to astrology? How old were you? What was that incident that made you go, okay, I think this is it? <laughs> um, uh, I had always had sort of a vague interest in astrology, as most people do, because it seems to promise you know, all of the insights into who you are and all the answers. And obviously if I could understand myself better, I could probably very happily be happy. Um, and then in 1992, I was rear-ended on I-5 and bought a new little Mac computer with the settlements and had some money left over and that was found money. So it had to go to something fun. And I had been seeing yeah. this astrology software advertised in the back of Macworld magazine. None of these things exist anymore, of course. Um, yeah. And bought the astrology report writing software. And, and I mm-hmm. started a business running astrology charts. I had a nice little calligraphy font. I was doing that on parchment paper. I thought, I'll, I'll do these really nice bound astrologer and i ran a business as an astrologer for a couple of years running these reports not understanding a damn thing about astrology (laughs) um 
uh, and tried to learn it myself and couldn't. Yeah. And then in 1995, I started taking classes uh, with the with the teacher that I with the astrology teacher I studied with in San Diego for a number of years. Um, yeah, and that was that first astrology class was was absolutely um i mean before and after with my life um mm -hmm. because in that class i i met someone that became a, a very very important part of my life um and through that person i met the the people that became my initial group of spiritual teachers um yeah and it just i mean everything literally is like okay no totally different from that moment um and and yeah. it really was you know and it was me in a typical way going um i'm i'm going to conquer astrology i'm going to beat this into submission it promises answers it's mm -hmm. going to give me those answers <laughs> <laughs> don't you know no. you've been promising this and you're gonna give me these answers um <laughs> and and you know i have been described as a dog with a bone because yeah i just i never never gave up mm -hmm. ha but had to take all sorts of different you know all sorts of different approaches figuring out okay well i'm and also realizing i was never part of me understood it probably wasn't about the astrology mm -hmm. but you know i i look back on you know the thing that i love about the human game is it really does if you'll forgive me weave together all of these different threads that have been important yeah. to me that i have explored and tried to connect but they've never quite fit together it's like now it's like oh everything everything yeah. connects did, now uh kevin what did all of the entrance of that additional information once you got into astrology as you began to um gain some insights here and there how did it begin to affect the character development well Your character yes yes um how did it I I have always instinctively engaged with my life from different levels of story and always observed the theme level and worked very hard to find mm -hmm. the connections. And yes. so these these teachers that I worked with that shaped my approach to counseling mean, very and and it was it was one on one it wasn't any kind of formal training i didn't know where these ideas you know but but i um but i they shaped you know worked with me personally working through my stuff and then gave me a framework for how i liked approaching counseling work yeah. and i wanted to ask you right here for a second kevin how did Again, all of that information, and you you had your your uh, teachers and the folks around you. 
because I know we have to go back to the origin story because the origin story is in there pulling uh, one of the threads that are within the character development. And mm -hmm. then you have to come to a, uh, um, I guess you have to come to a realization that this, um, this origin story, there, there are things within that origin story that is really affecting me and causing my character development to go in a place that I'm having some, I'm having some problems. I'm thinking a certain way. I'm acting a certain way. I'm behaving a certain way. Mm -hmm. What was that, that you started to find? Yeah, because I know you started to find and look things and go, oh man, I got to fix, I got to work on this. What were some of those things that you began to discover um, as you began to use the tools of astrology within your character development that is a that was a part of your origin story um from the trauma all the trauma that took place i hesitate to call i hesitate to say there was much trauma in the origin story i mean it's it, it really this, yeah. this wasn't <laughs> this was not a flowers in the attic situation um yeah. but you know but but let me also clarify it doesn't we each you're the only character in your you're only the actual real person in your story everybody else is playing a character in your story loosely based on who they are yeah so my parents i, I don't know who my parents are i know the characters in my story loosely based on my parents and they served me because it was all about mm -hmm. me um mm -hmm. I'm trying to I'm trying to find a way of answering the question in a way that makes sense because there wasn't anything yeah. specific thematically. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The thematically the big issue um uh thematically the big issues were my story about God. Mm -hmm. Um my my relationship to the idea of of god um mm -hmm. tied in many ways to my story about my relationship with my father um mm -hmm. because our parents are are on a thematic level they're the first level surrogates for god yeah. um and and resolving the and a lot of anger towards yeah. towards my father a lot of anger towards god wouldn't even use the G word for many yeah. years because it just, it didn't, it, it didn't dis, it, it didn't resonate. It didn't just, it didn't bring me any peace. Um, yeah. And I, I have always been guided by my inner knowing been guided been guided by my intuition i've always been willing to take these giant leaps of faith to pursue yeah. something so i did not know what i was working on i just realized oh i'm interested in this stuff i've got these interesting people and and you know exploring things that are spiritual and metaphysical and i'm interested in that and learning, and I'm just going to follow wherever this goes. Mm -hmm. And did that 
for for many many years without without a map without any kind of intention um yeah. and you know a lot of this i you know a lot of this i learned on my own but again by taking a principle and going okay this is an interesting theoretical idea i need to turn this into something absolutely solid and practical that i can live by Mm-hmm. And so I was doing a lot of counseling work. And while I was doing counseling work, I was absolutely understanding that it's never, I mean, never the other person. Never. Yeah. So I would work with, you know, and, and I would talk about this, you know, the person, the person giving the advice is the person that needs to hear that advice. Yeah, And so I would, and so I knew, hey, part of the way I'm being supported in my journey is I'm attracting clients that are going to reflect back to me things that I also need to be working on, but I don't see yeah. it because I don't look at or, or understand my own chart, but I can see it in somebody else's chart and explore a pattern and go, ooh, what about blah, 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 blah. And then in my little yeah. debrief with myself after the session, going, yeah, probably. <laughs> but I would, but, but I would incorporate that i would do the work to the best of my ability with that um but i you know i pinballed my way around because i didn't you know all of these different ideas all of these different teachers and traditions and Mm -hmm. and and things um I, I didn't have, ironically, for someone that wanted, you know, it's like, just show me the shortest path to the destination. I had no <laughs> idea because there's, yeah. you know, I, I also always kind of embraced and enjoyed the idea that there is something bigger, making sure that I don't get too far off the rails in my story, that, there, yeah, that there's yeah. going to be something, you know, that things show up, there are moments that show up's like oh yeah that was that was really clunky story wise but it was yeah no you need to get back on the track here (laughs) (laughs) something would show up and go nope you (laughs) just yeah (laughs) and and i would you know i i love those those i find those entertaining i find those amusing um yeah those are little pieces and nuggets that we still need uh parts of the puzzle as we're putting it together. So as you're moving through, uh, Kevin, and um, you're counseling people and you're seeing your, uh, they're making you aware of your scotoma, your blind side, so you can make your adjustment within your character. Mm -hmm. As you said in the the onset um, that it was two years, um, and I know this was in um, around COVID and so forth, and I told people COVID came to stop us from all the crazy stuff we were in there and start <laughs> probing and allow us the time, Kevin, allow us the time to begin to become, I tell people, um, enlightenment to me means that you and I are becoming better students of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I am becoming enlightened about me. And as mm-hmm. I become enlightened about me, when I look at you, I don't see you through the dark lens anymore. I'm seeing mm-hmm. you to, through a brighter lens as mm-hmm. I become brighter. Mm-hmm. And my reaction to you 
changes. Um, when two years ago, I'm a totally different person now, you know, even yesterday. So here you are, and COVID has caused you now to, as you said, you, you made a couple of adjustments, a couple of pivots. What happened right here, uh, uh, Kevin? What happened right here within that time period as you began to meditate and pull all of the pieces together? And when that eureka moment hit you, do you remember what it is and what circumstances got you there? It, 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 wasn't, it wasn't a eureka moment. And COVID mm -hmm. really, you know, I, I work from home. I, I don't yeah. like relying on other people. COVID did not change my life very much. Yeah. It was not, <laughs> it was not a, you know, I'm, it was not a big thing for me. I mm -hmm. just, I teach virtually anyway. There were, you know, so, so yeah. Um, this was not a Eureka moment. Mm -hmm. with the human game. I mean, literally, I was working on the human game for more than a year before I understood what the heck it was. Yeah. What I, I, what gradually happened was I got to a high enough point on this particular mountain that I could see all of the things that were coming together. But I have been working actively towards this without understanding what it was for decades. Mm. And this draws on I I I am I am able to make connections between completely mm -hmm. unrelated things. Yeah in ways that other people just don't. Um, yeah, yeah. And that has been described to me as a definition of genius. And it mm. probably is, but that doesn't mean what people think it means because it doesn't mean I'm smarter it just means I see things differently and things make perfect sense to me. And let me tell you how much that sucks because I cannot then get other people easily. It's like, I get the inside. I see, Ooh, that, 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 all this makes perfect sense. And then I've got two years of hard work before anybody stops looking at me like yeah. I've grown a second head because <laughs> figuring out how to is I'm over here and then there's no path and I have to figure out how do I build the path so I can take somebody by the hand and walk them step by step to get them over. And now, now you see what I'm seeing. Yeah. And that's been, that's been a lifelong, that that's the price. <laughs> it's been yeah. frustrating. Yeah. The gift is I do yeah. get to create things that genuinely didn't exist before yeah. so, so talk to me about some of those people like right now you have the package together i call i tell people this kevin i said it's a dish we're cooking and the dish is being cooked and we're putting in a couple this and that and then we taste it and it doesn't taste right and then we keep we keep adding and keep adjusting the dish 
And then one day, Kevin, we throw that last spice in there. Mm -hmm. And then we mix it up a little and we take that spoon, drop a little in the hand and lick that thing. And we go, yes, it is ready. So talk to me about after you finish cooking this dish, Kevin, and you're about to serve it to someone. And as you begin to serve this dish, walk with me as uh, they're beginning as the first uh, the first taste hits them, and then they began to taste it a little more, and then the next thing you know, at the end, they cleaned up the plate. They finally got it. They enjoyed the dish. Talk to us about the human game and how you walk them through and bring them into that space of uh, the joy and the happiness that you are now a champion uh, um, about trying to get them there that lady tried a couple of years ago to tell you about it. And you looked at her going, man, I don't make any sense about serving. <laughs> so talk to you uh, about that first person after you've got it all, the dish is cooked, and you're now serving this person. What happened to them, Kevin? Okay. Um, I need to clarify a little bit about the frame of that question because it's not quite yeah. how it happened. I was... I was serving this, I was developing the dish by taste testing it on very brave clients and students who were willing to take a chance <laughs> and then just yeah. seeing their reaction. Okay, yeah, that, that didn't work. Nope, that doesn't work yet yeah. either. Nope, that's <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> because I couldn't do it any other way because I really, you know, again, realizing, oh yeah, gee, all along, I really do need other people um, because I do... I need to know that I've connected this with other people. And the things that made the difference, um, there were were several ideas and then they took some time to to piece together. Um, I realized, and, and we mentioned this earlier, I realized I've been teaching spirituality from the theme level. And it's always yeah. been very compartmentalized because it doesn't connect. And I say, but that's truth. But I want to, but I want to dive into the big spiritual truth. And I'm realizing, yeah, but it's not useful for people. And so I had to retell this entire story and say, I need to tell this story. I need to put together a story that meets people where they are. Mm-hmm. I need to connect this at the plot level, even recognizing that what everybody really wants is to be happy. Great. That's still a character level thing. That's not where you are. Objectively, you think, yes, I'd like to be happy. What you really care about is getting everything you ever wanted. Mm -hmm. And no, that's not necessarily going to make you happy. And that's the, you know, the yeah. spiritual school, but getting what you want doesn't make you happy. Say, like, okay, sure. But I still want what I want. Yeah. And <laughs> so how, do, so, so, so I reframed this story by saying, Hey, I'm going to help you get everything you ever wanted. By the mm-hmm. way, I'm going to help you do that in a way that is also going to make you happy yeah. because getting what you want can, it's not that it doesn't make you happy. It's just that it's not, it's not it's not the whole condition 
it doesn't automatically yeah. make you happy. There are, there are things that go around getting what you want that have to be there for it to make you happy. But you don't really care about that right now. You just care about yeah. being happy. And you think to do that is the way to get what you so, so, so I put together this sequence of stories to take from where your current story is and say, let's look at what happiness is. You want to be happy. Great. If you'd like to achieve a goal, you need to know three things. You need to know what the goal is. You got to define it. You have to know what, yeah. how do I know when I've gotten there? What is it? Yeah. You need to know where it is. And then you need to kind of have an idea of how you think you're trying to get from here to there. Mm -hmm. When it comes to happiness, we're 0 for 3. Yeah. We don't know what happiness is. So I start by let's, you know, let's redefine, you know, you know, you know what it is. We don't know where it is. Mm -hmm. And so how you're trying to get there really doesn't matter. We think happiness, you know, happiness is a feeling. We can agree on that. So right away, it's a yeah. character level thing, not a plot level thing. It doesn't exist in the outside world because it's a feeling. Feelings exist yeah. inside you. When we've experienced happiness in the past, and we've only ever experienced moments of happiness generally, they're usually right around getting something that we want. So for most people, we start out with, you know, your definition of happiness is happiness is the feeling you, is the feeling you experience when you get what you want. Mm -hmm. So, okay, let's, let's test that theory. If that is in fact a workable definition of happiness, mm -hmm. every time you get what you want, you would feel happy. And anytime you don't get what you want, you wouldn't feel happy. Sometimes when you get what you want, you feel happy. Mm -hmm. But other times you get what you want and you're not happy about it. Most of the time you don't get what you want and you're not happy. <laughs> but some of the time you don't get what you want and you realize, oh, thank goodness. Oh my, that, that would have been a disaster getting what I wanted. I'm so happy I didn't get the thing that I wanted. Yeah. So getting what you want has something to do with being happy. Nothing wrong with getting what you want, but it's not enough to make you happy. Yeah. Where is happiness? Well, it's a feeling, so it lives inside you. Yeah. And that's absolutely true and infuriatingly impractical. What mm. can you actually do with that information? Oh, money can't buy happiness. Happiness lives inside you. Okay, great. I don't know how to look there. Give me yeah. a practical set of steps so I can, so I don't know how to do that. And so, we look at that and go, well, it's probably inside me and, and no, it doesn't live in the outside world, but you know, money and prosperity and success certainly doesn't necessarily bring happiness, but it's happiness adjacent. It's mm -hmm. certainly seen, you know, so, so most of our strategies is, okay, I'm going to pursue my external goals. I'm going to try to get money and success and fame and love and whatever. And, and hopefully that will eventually lead me to happiness so 
basically our current philosophy, most people's current philosophy about happiness is, you know, people who think money can't buy happiness just don't know where to shop. Yeah. <laughs> so not knowing where it is, not knowing what it is, how we're going out, how we're going about it doesn't really matter. So I build this story and I give you the first part of it in that little free video at, at playthehumangame.com. You, you get the first part of this. Yeah. But I come up with a workable definition of happiness. Happiness is the feeling you experience when you're free from want and free from need. Mm -hmm. This is a big, so for me, happiness doesn't necessarily feel good. Happiness just means you no longer feel bad. Yeah. Happiness isn't joy. Yeah. Happiness means you don't have to do anything. Yeah. You have options. So I talk about this as building a foundation of happiness. And the other thing about happiness, we think it comes at the end of the story mm -hmm. because stories end with happily ever after yeah but happily ever after is not the end of the story happily ever after is just the end you know it's the end of the story it's not the end of your life yeah because it's right there happily ever after there's this ever after your life goes on ever after and you don't ever have to worry about happiness because happiness is there as a foundation ever after yeah so happily ever after isn't a happy ending it's a happy beginning yeah so getting to this place of how do you meet your needs how are you going about this um and i and you know and i build out these stories and it's a sequence because you got to take it one step at a time i need to help you to understand a little bit about how stories work and then you apply this to your life a little bit and you play this and go oh there's the structure of story do i see this and then it's like, okay, with, so it's current strategy for happiness, a little spoiler alert here. Yeah. To be happy, you need to maintain the minimum balance in your need bank account. And again, I explain, I build these components so that you understand what a need bank account is. And it makes sense because you can't drop any stitches. That's what I learned. Mm -hmm. There's a, this is, this is not cooking. This is baking. There is a sequence <laughs> of precise ingredients that must go in there or the person is not going to get it yeah. learned that the hard way um but to to be happy you need to maintain a minimum balance in your need bank account when you get what you want the reason you want something that you want is you think that when you get what you want it'll make a deposit and you need bank account so when your need is met when it meets that minimum balance the need is met you no longer want anything mm -hmm. to go after what we want we set a goal in the outside yeah. world because want is a feeling so that's a character level story but we associate it with a plot level goal some external thing that you want to achieve and you think when I achieve this, that will mean that I get what I want, which is making a deposit in the need bank account, which will then maintain the minimum balance in the need bank account, which will then result in me being happy. Mm -hmm. To pursue that goal, you have to spend some of the resources from your need bank account. 
Yeah. And there's no guarantee that you're going to achieve the goal. There's no guarantee that if you achieve the goal, you're going to get enough resources back to make up the difference or bring the need bank account up to the minimum balance. So basically your current strategy to maintain a minimum balance in your need bank account so that you can experience happiness is to gamble in the happiness casino. Hmm. And this is a great story. First of all, it's not happiness casino is not an actual casino. It's a story about a casino. Yeah. Gambling in a casino is fun when the stakes are low, when you can't lose anything, but it's probably not a great way. It's probably not a great strategy to, you know, maintain a bank balance. Yeah. But working within that, and then I built out that story and looking at the specific, okay, you need to meet safety needs. You need to meet validation needs. You meet your safety needs. You meet your validation needs. You do those largely in the happiness casino. And I'm going to show you how you can win. I'm going to show you how you can have fun playing the game, but I had to drill this stuff down. So I'm circling back to your question about 10 minutes ago. Yeah. <laughs> I've been teaching safety and validation needs and need bank accounts. I've been teaching this for more than 20 years. Yeah. I've been, I had spiritual practices about safety needs and how to build the balance in your safety need account. And it's all, it's been nice. It's been useful, but it's been kind of compartmentalized. And as I was building this story, I realized, oh yeah, no, I got to, I got to tear that thing down. I'm still telling yeah. that from a character level story. I tell this from a plot level story. What specifically do safety need resources do? Mm-hmm. How does this, how does this translate in a practical way? How can you tell when you're not feeling safe? What is it, you know, and I assembled this in a way that was like, oh, you know, I broke out the game that you play in the plot level casino and how, and how it works. And there's illustrations of it. It's, you know, it's, you know, you choose a task, you move towards it, you hit an obstacle, and then you're in the options market and you have to choose an option as to how you want to overcome that obstacle. And every option costs a certain amount of safety and there's a chance of winning and you get a certain amount, you know, and the balance in your safety need account determines how expensive things are in the options market. So anytime in your life that you have found yourself not willing to make a decision about something, what's actually happening is you have hit an obstacle in the plot level game. You are standing in the options market. You are looking at the options board and you do not see an attractive option because there is no, there's nothing that's going to mean that you've got a chance of winning. Everything's going to cost you. And without going into all of the detail on this because it's it's getting abstract um this actually works and i have currently some coaching clients that have been students of mine for 10 years i've been working with them as, as counseling clients for for quite some time and when i took them through this new story when i explained the new story about safety needs and the happiness casino and the options market they got it. They nice. got it. 
it made sense. It was like, oh, now I understand why safety is so important. Now I understand why this matters and, what, and how I want to go after this now. And then, you know, and then they were playing with the stories, the astrology stories I gave them to create safety resources with the happiness GPS. And it's just the transformation that they've experienced in the last couple of weeks playing with this, where this story works. It's just oh, that, that is what I have been working to achieve for like 25 years. Wow. So that was, that yeah. was, but, but it took all of this, all of these pieces. It took realizing I got to tell a better story. I have to understand how to make this a better story and how, and how to help people to assemble this story without missing a stitch. Mm -hmm. Because one little missing component is going to be enough that it doesn't hold together. But once it holds together, first, it's a great story. It becomes practical. And then you play with it. And it's like, oh, yeah, this is fun. I'm going to keep playing with this. And then we can build on that. And then Everyone you're able you know, then it's like, okay, now you're feeling safe. Now you get to understand what's going on with validation resources. Because what you think, you know, because your relationship to love. Yeah transforms based on whether or not you're meeting your safety needs. Yeah, I get it. Everyone you know, that's been listening to this conversation and you've heard Kevin explain the game, as they said, and I love it. Um, uh, I need you guys to get in touch with him and he's going to walk you through how to play the human game, how to tell the story so that you can uh, create this new outcome. And he mentioned about once he developed it totally and he began to talk to his clients that he had for many years, within two weeks, three weeks, everything changed. And so uh, all you guys just get in touch with him, get into the class, and I'm going to provide everything for you so you can reach him and begin to change your story. Kevin, thank you so much for coming to Threads of Enlightenment. Thank you, Ken. I appreciate it. Man, that